Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online, so you can access it from anywhere in the world. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whenever it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist with no additional cost. With BetterHelp, you, got, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% of your first month at betterhelp.com slash how to survive society. That's better com slash how to survive society. Hello, survivors. This is your girl, Abby Ayola Williams, and you're now listening to How to Survive Society. How to Survive Society is a weekly podcast that features survivors. These are people that have been through the ringers in life. They've been through hell and back, but they choose to stay positive. They choose to win. They choose to thrive and they choose to survive. So let's get right into it. Hello, survivors. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of How to Survive Society. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Daniel McQueen, and he actually went through two brain surgeries and survived brain aneurysm. Like, I've never, I've heard of brain aneurysm, yes, and I've heard of people dying from it, but I don't think I've heard of someone um, surviving it. So we're going to talk to Daniel and talk more about how he survived it and how his willpower helped to save him and is still here thriving and, you know, just doing great things. Thank you, Daniel, for coming on. Daniel, please introduce yourself. Thanks, Abby. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Dan McQueen. I'm a speaker based in Vancouver, BC. I was living in London, UK, and I'm a survivor of two traumatic brain injuries. How did we learn how to walk, talk, and smile again? And now I'm kicking ass and taking names. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and I'm kicking ass. And I love, I love that. I love that. Wow. Um, I don't know where to start. I'm just like, oh my gosh, you like your story is like wow. Okay. So at age 28, you went for like a regular appointment at your optometrist, right? And then yeah, so you because you were having like persistent headaches, so you wanted to find out why you were having those things, right? And then they sent you to the emergency, and then lo and behold, you're in surgery. Yeah, so what had happened was I was having these headaches for a few weeks, and they got really bad. And I was on the tube in London. Now the tube's how you get around in London. It's like the the subway system there. And my vision went black for like two minutes and I couldn't say anything. We went but pitch black. I'm like, okay, something's definitely wrong here. I went to A&E twice, which is accident and emergency in the UK. 
They thought it was vertigo and they sent me home. But on the second visit when I was leaving, they told me if the headaches were to continue, I could get my eyes checked in an optometrist. So they put out a prescription for vertigo, which they thought it was, and they sent me home. The headaches con- continued, and I figured, you know what? I want to get to the bottom of what's happening here. I went to the optometrist. I was in the middle of the exam, Abby, the middle of the exam, and he stops it. And he gives me a sealed envelope. And he tells me to go directly to Moorfield Hospital, which I did, sort of. I first stopped at home to grab a Jack Reacher book by Lee Childs. I figured I'd be in for a bit of a wait. I figured, well, I'm at home now. May as well grab a bite to eat. And I grabbed a phone charge. But then I went to Moorfield Hospital. They ran the same test that escalated me to Charing Cross Hospital. It turns out I had a dangerous buildup of pressure in my brain caused from a non-cancerous system ahead. Turns out I required emergency brain surgery. Turns out my world was about to change altogether. Uh, I underwent emergency brain surgery. When I was on the operating table, something went wrong and I had a massive bleed in the brain, a brain hemorrhage. Oh my I think gosh. this is the first when they operated. My mom lands in London and finds I'm in critical condition. I was in a coma for four weeks, but was in and out of consciousness for months after this. So it was very dicey, touch and go. When all of a sudden done, I was learning how to walk, talk, and smile again. Oh my goodness. When you were going through all that, like, how did you even find the willpower and the courage to even say, I want to relearn how to walk, talk, and smile? Because I know sometimes when people go through things like this, they just give up, right? Because it's like, what's the point, you know? So what gave you that willpower and the courage to say, I want my life back and I'm going to take it back? Well, I'm a stubborn guy, Abby. And uh, <laughs> that's the best of starters. So let's get that out of the way now. I'm a stubborn guy. <laughs> and I figured, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm a walker. I'm a talker. I'm a smiler. Uh, I'm also aware that like the odds of being a human being are 400 trillion to one for you for you to be a human being on this earth today at 400 trillion to one and we all get a hand of cards and this card was in my hand i couldn't have done anything to mitigate this it just happened to come up but that's your this is my head bad it's my bad it's my chance for the hand and i'm not gonna like sit here and say well i guess you know i had a bad card in my hand i guess i can't walk anymore hmm. and it wasn't easy to do this, but it was very simple to make the decision that I'm going to walk again. Mm. But it was so difficult. That first time you get in the wheelchair, it took 40 minutes, then 35, then 30, then 25, then 30, then 25. It was super difficult. And I was fighting with my everything to get in the wheelchair. And then, mm. you know, when that finally gets to a regular spot, you kind of flex that muscle. It gets easier the next time. It gets, It does get easier, which is a key thing I want your listeners to understand. It gets easier. And you speed up. The first time you think this is impossible, this is never going to be easier. It's going to take forever. It took 45 minutes to get into a wheelchair. This is insane. The next time it took 35, then 30, then 25. It gets easier the more work you put in, but you got to put in that work and trust the process of improving. So that's how I kept going with this. Wow. That's, that, that's really amazing. That it's, sometimes it's good to be stubborn, you know, because being stubborn gets you things it gets it makes you do things and get things done so kudos to you for being stubborn <laughs> we we celebrate that here you know be stubborn as yeah, long you gotta, as you're you fighting for your life yes of course <laughs> well someone asked me i give a talk in my work a couple of years ago and they go how did you stay motivated and i go 
I thought about it for a minute. I go, well, how, how do you not stay motivated? Like, mm. this is my life, man. Like, like I said, this is my one at bat, like 400 trillion to one, the chance to have a life in the first place. Yeah. And exactly. my life just happened to have this card in my hand. I couldn't have mitigated this card. It was going to happen no matter what. Hmm. And this card came up and it's like, you can choose to react to it in a way like, woe is me, this isn't fair. It's not fair. You're right. It's not fair. But no one's coming to save you. And that's hmm. what I want to try and get into with my talks is like, look, it, it's not fair this happened to you, but you got to answer that question with, and what? And hmm. what do you expect to have happened with that? Like, now I expect, you know, everything to be just happened easy for me now because it wasn't fair this happened to me. It's like, dude, everyone's got their own stuff they're worried about. Don't worry about what you can't control and crack on what you can't control. Like it's yes. not easy, but it was simple. If that makes sense. That is true. So did you, what tools did you use to build back your life apart from like wanting back your life? Like, are there any tools that guided you that you used to make it easier on yourself? Yeah. Abby, I'll share one story with you and your listeners, if you don't mind. Yes, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So learning to walk in tuning Broadway uh, I remember I was in a wheelchair for like a few months. I'm ramped up to a Zimmer frame, then a Ferrari, then I did a naked walk. Now a naked walk, just walking without sporter aid. It's not that crazy, but it's got kind of a catchy name. But I'm walking in Tooting Broadway and I call this hack constructive optimism. Now Tooting Broadway is South London, what they call up and coming, which means it's a bit dodgy, a bit shifty. Think loud sirens, some drugs, some gangs. It's a dirty, hectic spot. It's full-on experience. I'm walking with a cane. I'm walking with an eye patch. I turn the corner on the Broadway the first time with a cane and an eye patch. I immediately get slammed into by someone. I stagger back a few feet. Someone scurries past me on the right-hand side. Someone's been stabbed in the sidewalk over here. I'm walking around him. This is a pretty wild place to walk. This place sucks to walk. Can't they see I'm trying to walk got, here? You said somebody yeah. got stabbed? <laughs> Someone had, had been stabbed and they were, so they were lying on the sidewalk. They'd been stabbed on the sidewalk. What? So I'm walking around him. I think oh, he was a bit drunk God. too. So it was a pretty wild spot, right? And I'm thinking this place sucks to walk, man. This is the worst place I'm going to walk in the world. Oh my gosh. Can't they see I'm trying to walk here? Can't they see I'm trying here? And then one day my perspective shifted. Maybe this isn't the worst place to learn how to walk in the world. Maybe this is the best place. If I can walk here, I can walk anywhere. Now, tuning Broadway didn't change, right? It's still up and coming as far as I'm aware today. No no disrespect to tuning Broadway. I got lots of love for you, but man, it was a tough place to learn to walk. But it went from the worst to the best in my mind, and my mood reflected that. I'm telling you, you can change your perspective of how you view the world. Is it the worst or is it the best? Maybe it's not the best, but it's not the worst. You can find some good in it. That perspective shift made all the difference because I look forward to my walks. Bump into me, crash past me, good, bring it on. If I can walk here, I can walk anywhere. And my mood reflected that. Like the way you look at the world is everything. There's this great line from Epictetus, a Stoic philosopher from back in the Dizay in Greece. He goes, It's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters, right? And that's a Stoic philosophy okay. wisdom. It's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. Right. It wasn't my fault that I had to walk into Bobby, it was my responsibility to walk there. And I could look at it like the worst or the best. And when you make that shift for the best, like, man, you look forward to those walks, the strife, the struggle, the the arduous nature of this. It's like, it's like, bring it on, man. That's all you got. Bring it on. You make it a game. You make it fun. It's not easy, but it's simple. Mm. Wow. So that's what you call constructive optimism? That's what I call constructive optimism. I've got a whole bunch of hacks that I 
I dish out on my talks that uh, are fun-hearted natures of way of having fun. I'll share one more with you if you don't mind, Abby. Yeah, go ahead. Share as much stories as you like. We're all about uh, storytelling cool. here and sharing your stories, right? So, so this one is uh, a hack I call icebreakers. Walking in London is a pretty hectic spot. It's the busiest city in in London in uh, Europe. It's no New York, I'll tell you that much, but it's it's pretty uh it's pretty full on, right? The circuses, Oxford Circus, Piccadilly Circus, they're full on experiences. I'm walking with a cane, I'm walking with an eye patch. It's a lot to take on. Fatigue's a big thing. Find an icebreaker, a fellow pedestrian walking in your direction, and you walk in behind them. Uh, you want to find like a couple, someone pushing a a, a a a not a pram, what do you call it? a stroller? Baby stroller, yeah. A baby stroller. Walk behind them because they're breaking the ice for you, and you're following in their draft. You're, you're kind of drafting off them. Let them deal with the head-on adversity or the strife, and you follow in behind them in that wake. And that makes a big difference when you don't have to deal with that oncoming traffic. You're kind of walking in their wake and reducing the strain that you face. Now, this may not seem like a big hack, but when you've got a brain injury, fatigue is an issue. I get fatigued when I have to deal with oncoming strife or struggle. And every little thing I can find here to like gamify life or gamify my way in day-to-day life, I improve my lot. Better than yesterday is one thing that I always strive for. And I try to preach that in my talks is just how do you become better than yesterday? 1% better. And that compounds over time, over days, weeks, months, and years. You become a lot better than you were last year. But icebreakers is another hack I've got, and I really enjoy those because it just makes life a bit more fun. You know, life life is about having fun and, and finding the lighthearted nature and stuff. It's not fair this happened. It's not like it's not a good time to be trying to learn to walk in and turn around, but you can make it better. Turn down the suck, I say. Right. That's true. So do you have any brothers, sisters? Like, how did your parents feel about this happening to you? Like, were they there for you? How how was that, the whole family dynamics and why you were going through this surgery and trying to learn how to walk and talk and all that stuff? Yeah, great question, Abby. So my family was super supportive. They came over from Vancouver to London. Uh, Unfortunately, when my mom arrived, she found out I was in a coma from the surgery. So she had some pretty arduous, tough days to kind of see me clinging to life uh, in the ICU in in Charing Cross. Both my mom and dad came over from Vancouver to be in London to help me support the rehab and all the noise. My brother was living in Berlin at the time and was able to come over to London quite a bit to support me. I had a ton of support, a lot of love. I remember I woke up from the coma and saw my mom, dad, and brother around me. And I, I pointed at my brother. And I'm trying to talk to him, but I can't talk because I've got a tracheotomy removed. And I and I can't. My voice box was gone for the first few days. And I go, give me a pen and paper. So I write down the pen and paper. I go, get me out of here. And I show it to Cam, my brother. And I go, make it happen, bud. I had tubes coming out of me. I was one. I was pretty wonky. Like I couldn't. I couldn't leave. I was in the hospital for months after this, but. I was trying to get him to break me out because I figured this looks pretty expensive. I probably don't have coverage for this, but uh, I had a ton of help, Abby. And that's why I'm driven to talk now is because I want to show you how you can navigate back to this if you don't have the support that I had, because the support that I had made all the difference. And if you don't have that, you may not be able to get back to where I'm at now. I'm just trying to pay it forward because I had so much help to get back to where I'm at now. Mm. That that makes sense. Like support, having support definitely helps with your mental wellness and helps with the drive also. 
you know, because you feel like there's people that supports you and you don't want to let them down. You don't want to let yourself down either. So that's, that's amazing. I had some friends come out to visit me when I was in the hospital and I was really driven. Like they would come to visit me um, in London. They went to Scotland for a few weeks and then they come back down and I was walking when they came back down. I'm like, whoa, Jen, that's a big progress. But I was driven to be better because I wanted to show them I was trying to make this better. Yeah, I was driven to show them like, hey, look, I'm trying really hard here. Um, and, mm. it, and it motivated me to try harder because I want to show them how good I am. Yes. I want to show them how much I'm working here because your support means a lot to me and I'm trying my damnedest to make this work. And like, I can, I will, I must kind of vibe. That makes sense. So have you spoken about hack mornings? Like, what is what is that? What is hack morning? Yeah, so hacks in the morning. So I have a morning routine that I'm very religious with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll wake up early. I'll make my bed first thing in the morning. That's the first thing I do, make my bed. It's a hack that seems very basic and very simple, but it's a, it's a keystone habit in my day. When the bed is made, the room will look tidy. It's the first thing you accomplish in the day. Last thing you do in the day is get into bed. Hey, I'm in bed in the morning. Then I'll go for like a workout, either a gym, walk, or today I shoveled snow in Vancouver. It's snowing today. And then I come back and have a shower and the shower cold for the last two minutes. Just to get the brown fats going to kind of wake you up and spur you into life. Then I go a into a meditation. Sh- a cold shower in BC. I'm, yeah. I'm in Toronto and I know how cold it can get. <laughs> it can it's get. Like, so, a cold shower in the winter. In, it's not that cold in, in BC now. It's a bit colder today, but it's like, I don't know, minus, minus one, minus two. Oh my goodness. But okay, it's, it's so hot, and I end cold. I end cold at the end. It's not. I'm not heroic the whole time. It's just cold at the end, right? Yeah, still. <laughs> but it, it's a, it's yeah. an invigorating way to start your day, and then I'll go directly into meditation. Mm-hmm. I'll meditate, and I meditate for 25 minutes. But I started with two minutes in the morning. Next week I did four, then I did six. The week after, then eight. I ramped up to where I'm at now. Don't try to meditate for 25 minutes in the morning. Start with two minutes, and then ramp up that way. But this morning routine I'm so religious with because it's how I put my armor on for the day. The fatigue is a real thing with the brain injury. And that's not something you can easily mitigate or uh, to dance around. You got to respect the battery. I say my battery now is at 75%. Meaning yeah. my battery only will ever get to 75% and then drains immediately when I start doing something. Mm. I get below 50, I'm a bit unpleasant. Below 40, I'm a bit of a prick. I need to recharge it back for 75% and build it back down. So it's very much uh, a trial and error process and something that I've learned through failure to do. So so do you have to stick to like a, a diet or you can eat anything? No, but no be... medications or diets, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I eat clean now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I eat very clean now, to be honest. Like no processed foods, a lot of like uh, vegetables, fruits, um, mm-hmm. whole foods. Be very clean now because I understand the, the the impact that is my body. Mm-hmm. So I'm much healthier now than I was in the past. And I do a lot of meditation and green juice and athletic greens and all these things that are kind of healthy for you. And I find a lot of benefit in there, but I've got no medication or diet restrictions now, no. Okay, that that's cool. Um, Do you do, I, I heard you earlier saying that you do talks and things like that. So do you have like a consulting business or coaching business or you just they just book you to go talk to different people 
a speaker now. So I've speak at various operations in Vancouver and international. I've spoken in London remotely, but also mm-hmm. in person. And I spoke uh, in person in BC for various operations. I spoke at West Bank Football Club, uh, Argyle Secondary School. And I'm in talks with speaking to some organizations in BC for the upcoming months. But no, I'm a speaker now and I and I speak. I don't coach just yet. I probably should get into the coaching business to get some reoccurring revenue. But I'm a speaker now and I want to become a speaker and share the messages and knowledge I've learned because you can do this. You can do this. It just takes a little bit of dedication, a bit of being stubborn. Mm-hmm. But I'm no better than anyone here. I'm not, it's not that I don't care what you think about me. I do. I just care what I think about myself a bit more. Mm-hmm, but you mm-hmm. can get to where I'm at now because I'm no better than you. Mm. Oh, that's cool. So if someone wants to book you to come speak at an event, how can they reach you? Uh, my website, mcqueendan.com, M-A-C-Q-U-E-E-N, dan.com, will be up by the end of the week. Uh, best way is to go through there. I'm McQueenDan uh, across all the socials as well. So get a hold of me there. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been very exciting to be a speaker now. I just hear people come up to me and tell me, you know, Dan, I make my bed now because of you. It's like, well, that's, I would have never <laughs> thought I'd be the guy who's known to make your bed, but I do that every morning now. And it's a big keystone habit for me. That is good. It's good that people are actually listening and putting into practice what you're telling them. So that's, that's amazing. So before we go, is there any last thing you would like to tell the listeners? Yeah, life happens for you, not to you. Don't get in the woes, me mindset of like, this is all happening for me or the two me, this isn't fair. You get to do this. It's an opportunity for you to improve. Don't go down the pity spiral. I know it's easy to do and not say it's all not fair, but it's not, that's not the way to go about this. I can't say that's the only way to go about it, but let me tell you, being positive, chop wood, carry water, get to work. Trust the process is what I would like to say. Trust the process of like armoring up, get a routine. You can do this. You can do this because I'm not better than anyone of you. And I really was religious in my routine and my mindset and just kept going at this religiously. Um, get in touch if you want me to speak at your group. I'd love to. Uh, online or in person. Thank you so much for your time, Abby. Thank you, Dan, for coming on. And um, I appreciate it. I've learned a lot and thought about just having that strive and that having a goal to reach, you know, and that, that helps. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Big, big thank you to our guest for, um, for today. And if you would like to learn more about today's topic, please go on how to survive society.com. There you can get um, some life skills courses and some merchandise and um, contact me if you would like to be a guest on the show So thank you so much for tuning in and have yourself a lovely day. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. 
Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. So if you ever need help to start your own podcast, reach out to me. And then you know what you can do also, you know, you can follow the link in the show notes, in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that Hi sent you so you can get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. And you can also support the show that way. So yeah, so if you're looking to start your own podcast, reach out to me. Follow the link under the notes show and you'll be able to sign up and get a $20 Amazon card. Yeah.